Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Richie. And beyond Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! Hello and welcome to episode 180 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Now, from this point forward, our shows are going to sound very different. At the end of the last episode, I alluded to the fact that we're moving into a brand new facility. We've got new studios in the heart of Bournemouth and what that's going to allow us to do is to have more of you guys involved and also... We don't want to just concentrate on the YouTube channel because it comes at the detriment of the audio pod and we realise that we've probably left it behind in recent months. However, with the brand new beautiful audio, hopefully you're going to benefit from an exquisite weekly pod on Back of the Net. If you do want to get involved, by the way, in appearing, it would also be in video format, then pop us an email to fans at afcbpodcast.com and we would like to get you involved. So from next week going on, there won't be any little audio intro. We'll just go straight into it if that's okay by you. But also, if you're a business and you want to sponsor the second look, look, we're, we're paying for this studio every time we use it. So I wouldn't say back of the net is a loss maker, but it nearly is. Therefore, if you just want to make things a little bit more comfortable for us, but also get your business name out there, this goes out on YouTube, of course, as well as the audio pod. Let's not forget, we've got a loyal community at AFC Bournemouth, so it's a great platform to advertise your business. We're just trying to pay our overheads here, and if we can do that via a sponsorship of a a really good local company, then we'd love to have an association with you. 
on the second look. If you're interested, just pop us an email to info at afcbpodcast.com. We truly appreciate it. Right then, let's get into it. As I said, the sound's going to be very different. It's going to be better than this recording that I'm doing right now. But enjoy the show. And remember, no intros from me next week. We're just going to go straight into it. Here we are then. Let's discuss that Brentford game. Hello and welcome to Back of the Net. My name's Sam Davis. My name's Tom Jordan. And I'm Tiggs. Now, if you're listening to the audio pod, it may sound a little bit different. And if you're watching on YouTube, which we hope you are, you may have noticed we're in a brand new location, Tiggs. It's glorious, isn't it? It's really lovely, mate. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a superstar right now. I, I just said I feel like like singing. Like, you know, when you get these sort of like mics and stuff, you know, I feel like belting one out. But um, yeah, no, really nice, mate. It's, it's nice to be in it. It feels really professional. So look, we said we've got some big news to tell, and that's that we've got a new home for Back of the Net, specifically for the Second Look show. What this is going to do, Tiggs, it's going to enable us to speak to more guests, get yeah. you involved as we've got a central location in Bournemouth, hopefully have a few interesting and important AFCB conversations, because based on what happened at the weekend there's loads to be had right yeah it's it's uh can i say an exciting time i don't know if exciting is the right uh, <laughs> adjective to use it's certainly an interesting time of the football club as you say sam and mm. yeah we want to use this place to kind of get some people in uh if anyone out there would like to t- contribute and get more involved we're looking for more people so mm. please do get in touch yeah i love it i love it there's definitely more to talk about at the moment isn't there so get a comfier place to go and do it do you know what i mean we're gonna have a lot to talk about i think over the coming weeks mate loads to talk about so we're at the basement studio we're in the center of bournemouth and if you don't know who they are take a look around they cater for musicians producers voice actors and podcasters looking for a professional environment to record mix and master They've got an actual proper studio booth, mate, mm. where you can actually record your songs. Yeah, I'll be in there in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do want to see that. So, yeah, there's, their studio offers a spacious live room with a separate vocal booth and a comfortable mixing room as well. Producer Tom is here in the background. I'm sure you'll get to know him over time. Plus... The studio also plays host to the Wanna Be A Star party experience. I know that you do, Tom, and it's perfect for kids' birthdays, adult birthdays and hen-do's. Find out more at www.wannabeastar.co.uk. The link is in the description right there. Can we do that? Can we do that one day? (laughs) Can we do a special pod? I think we should. When are these (laughs) 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 hen-do's? So, Mm. chance of... Sacked in the morning could be heard from some of the away contingent on Saturday night. As Gary O'Neill's AFC Bournemouth, they succumbed to a a 2-0 defeat to Brentford in a performance which, whilst improved, was still far from the levels that Cherry's fans expect. And we had such a contrast at the end of the game, Tom, didn't we? There was Mm. Philip Billing, who was going straight down the tunnel, versus Jefferson Lerma, who was doing an extended applause to the away following. And mm. so it kind of underlines that this is a team at the moment that seems to be having a number of different objectives and ideas, maybe. We, we seem a bit lost. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I um, 
yeah, the Jefferson Lerma thing, I've seen a few people say, is that a kind of goodbye thing? But I think, take it with a pinch of salt, because there's there's often, I saw a Columbia flag in the crowd, and there's often people, yeah. you know, he does often come yeah. over um, in that, depth. But that was a long applause. It was long, it was long. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, the Billing one is uh, is disappointing, particularly how he was one of the ones that come out and said he wanted a priest for the booze and that, which, which was fine. Um, but then you've got to give that bit back. But as, as you say, mate, it was a really... Not a nice atmosphere to be a part of. I mean, I, I don't want to go too overboard. There was it was a minority, and there was some, yeah. you know, discontent there. But overall, I think actually a lot of Premier League clubs on the run that we're on, just getting beat two 0 would they have stayed and applauded like we did? I don't. I'm not sure because I actually felt you know the, the vast majority stayed there and clapped them off. Yeah. Um. So you know, let's let's remember that. And we throughout the game, I think we were trying to get behind behind the team quite well to be honest um so yeah it is a, is a minority but as you say mate it's there's a divide there there's a little bit of un, there's so much uncertainty discontent and it's not enjoyable them 90 minutes and obviously we'll go into it but it almost feels like you can write the match report before the game if you want mm. that's how it feels anyway well, very similar score lines yeah. i suppose it's got to be said like everyone reacts differently to different situations don't they like you know, if us three play a game of table tennis and I lose, I'm going to react different to how Tom does. You know, it, it, you can't we can't read into mm. it too much, but there, there does seem to be a little bit of a lack of unity. Um, I wonder what would happen if we if we'd won, whether all the players would stay together or whether you know, it's, it, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's true. That is true, and it's yeah, and and that's the problem you get. And I also think that, as I say, we'll probably get into it a little bit more on on shows coming up. But that the what hasn't helped is. Obviously, we all know about when he got the job. There was a, it was kind of pointed out that the reception that Gary Neal got was kind of helped him get the job potentially, and obviously that was said by by Neil Blake himself. And then Gary Neal comes out recently and says that what the crowd chant doesn't matter. So you're probably you've got to then accept that if there is discontent, the fans are going to go. Well, we better voice it because when we voiced that we were happy, he got the job. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's kind of they're making a rough their own back at times, and obviously. Bill Foley say we won't be relegating all these things. It can come and bite you. Um, and I think the fans are just, yeah, are just showing their their discontent, you know, outwardly. Um, and just hopefully we start picking up some results and it don't continue too much. But despite that, ticks, let's bring up the league table. So for mm. people who are listening to this, you'll, you'll hear that AFC Bournemouth are actually above the dotted line somehow, <laughs> halfway through the that. season. And we would have... We would have cried out for that. We'd have been screaming had we known that we'd have been 17th in the table above the dotted line halfway through. What a fantastic <laughs> platform for the rest of the season. But I think it's what's been happening since Christmas that leads a lot of Bournemouth fans to be frustrated and anxious about the second half of the season now, isn't it? I, I think, you know, I don't want to sort of look too far ahead, but when you look at our end of February, mm. March fixtures, um, it's that same run of games that led to Scott Parker being fired. Yes. Mm. Right, so we've got to play all those teams. We've got to play up. We've got Arsenal. We've got Liverpool. We've got Man City in a row, virtually. In a row, yeah. virtually. So the problem, I suppose, really is: yes, we're halfway, but how many fixtures have we got left? And I think we'll probably talk about this a bit more later on. How many fixtures have we got left that we can realistically pick up some points from? Mm. That's that's the, that's the situation, I think. So yeah, wow, happy that we are where we are, but. We are where we are in a win. It, in fact, actually, it's really weird because we were in the uh, the Gunnersbury, which we'll talk about later on, like before the game. And I was looking at the league table in because of the Southampton game. Yeah, and we were actually in the relegation zone for a little bit, weren't we? Mm. And then we were back out of it again. So yeah. it's so close down so there. Close. And you're looking at the situation. You're thinking, well, the, we're kind of relying on three teams 
being worse than yeah. us, aren't we? And them slipping up when we slip up. But the problem is now we're starting to see some of those teams that have been below us, mm. comfortably below us, now starting to pick up more points. I mean, the fact that we've got Forest next and if we beat them, we still can't go above them. And you think where they were, um, they've picked up. But I think that's also the worry. Southampton have had a good week, obviously, in the Cup. And then they won again, so you feel like they might have turned the corner. And then the other two teams, who are probably just as poor as us at the moment in Everton and West Ham, there's something about them clubs that just makes you think, if anyone's going to get they're going to have more armoury, they're going to yeah. have better quality, they're going to... You know, they might change the manager, but they, they might have a potential to have more of a bounce and, and all that stuff. So I think, put it this way, I think if you were a neutral and you were given a million quid and you had to choose one team to go down to get the million quid, you would put it on Bournemouth right now. And and that's that's just a simple, simple fact of it. I, I was trying to add a little look and was trying to be overly optimistic about the games we've got coming up and how many points that would leave us on. And it was 31 which we would go down. Yeah, of course. And that was me being quite optimistic in certain games. So things need to change, mate. But as you say, currently, if the season ends, we would somehow survive. But I think it's the, yes, yeah, the run. And it feels like, I think I've seen a few people say it, sleepwalking towards relegation a little bit. That That is how it feels. It's a number of factors, isn't it? With how poor that we've been playing, but also... The contrast, as I've said many a time, with this fairy tale in waiting that Bill Foley seems to be painting about what could happen off the pitch, which which sounds great. And also the rumours of player investment. And Tiggs, it's, it seems like we do need player investment, not least because we haven't scored in two months now in the Premier League and our main goal-scoring threat seems to now be out for a considerable amount of time. We haven't heard anything official as yet when we've been recording this, but Dom Solanke was in training on Thursday wasn't on Friday, wasn't in the matchday squad on Saturday. Worrying times. I don't know if the question was asked. Has anyone heard whether the question was asked to, to Gary O'Neill about Dom? Because I'm finding now increasingly, certainly over the last kind of 18 months, that the club's stance on injuries is, we're, just, we're not going to tell you. Yeah, we're just, we're just not out forever, t- won't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And is that to bamboozle the opposition more than anything else? I don't know. I think it's trying to make sure that pe- people's heads don't drop. But mm. at the end of the day, if you lose Dom Solanke from this team, and we've been saying this for two years, yeah, you, know, you, you lose a lot. You lose a lot more than just a player. You lose the way that we actually <laughs> attack. Yeah. Um, and Kiefer Moore, I think, wow, great player, if used in the right way. You've got to change the way that you, you play the game. And have we got that? Yeah. With, we got the, that with this veil of secrecy, I think we perhaps need to be asking the question not to go and out, but to Bill Foley, because he answers every question. Yeah, that's, true. Uh, yeah, he does, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah. I think the, the worrying thing with the, without knowing, the Dom thing is all, all they said was kind of that he, no one was near him mm. and he felt something with his knee. And you're, you hear it a lot. It's almost more worrying if there was no, it wasn't a tackle, there was, no one was n- near him and something just went. Um, and also, Marcus Tavernier was starting to show some form and he's yeah, out as well. Was, yeah. You'd almost argue yesterday, I know Smithy was obviously a suspension, so we'll have him back. But on a consistent basis, you also, you almost look at Smith, Tavernier and Solanke as three kind of nailed on starters mm-hmm. and players right, you can yeah. rely on. So to be without them all was obviously a, a huge blow um, yesterday. And yeah, it's it, it, it was a shame, but I still look at the team and feel like they can, they've got more than enough to, to do... We need it. We need investment, and we need some players in, but should be performing better than they are. So, look, this is a second look. We do take a second look at the last match, but it's not going to be your comprehensive chronological rundown of what happened because we all know what happened. It was even in front of the nation on Sky TV. 
The team lineups are being shown to people who are watching on YouTube. Hello, people. But to go through it, it was Neto, Stacey Meppham, Sinesi Kelly, Christy Lerma, Lewis Cook, Anthony, Phil Bill and Kiefer Moore. And then we've got the match timeline of what happened. So in brief, yep. Tiggs, mm. Tom, um, the first part of the game was actually quite good. We had a lot of the ball. We looked relatively sharp, but we weren't really doing much with it, which seems to be mm-hmm. our style at the moment. I'll tell you what really I did I did feel really happy about, and that was the, the return of Neto. Mm. To yep. have Neto back. Experience. The, yeah, and, the yeah. defence looks so much calmer. And that's nothing against Travs, by the way. I just think we needed a change, and it just came at the right time. Well, at least that's what I thought in the early yeah. <laughs> early moments of the game anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought we looked quite comfortable. I, I don't think either team really were doing anything that was going to be um, was going to be leading to a goal at any point. It was just kind of a lot of, you know, who can hold on to the ball for, for the longest. But it, mm. it was all right. It was all yeah. Right. yeah, I think it was just that. I think both teams, weirdly for Brentford, because obviously having a decent season, but it looked like two pretty poor average teams to be honest that that neither of them were they were both kind of having a bit of a go but neither of them had had enough quality it didn't seem but um yeah unfortunately it does feel like that's kind of been the way at the moment and we've we've done okay but you just think we don't look like scoring we just don't um ever since the break I don't think we've looked like scoring I was thinking it and over the weekend I was thinking since the break in the league maybe Jade and Anthony's against De Gea where he tipped one over the bar mm. It's probably our best chance. We haven't really had any no. amazing chances in God knows how long. And and that's that's the worry. And, and the problem is with the confidence and what's going on at the moment, you always feel like we can concede. Mm. Was it a pen? Let's just cut straight to the chase. Tiggs, it was a, it was a good spell of play for Brentford. They felt like they were getting into it. And then there was a, a dosy doe, I think we, we we said on the vlog we didn't include yeah. that bit of footage, but it was like Sinesi and Ivan Tony were doing a bit of a, da- a, a barn dance, yeah, or some kind of like wrestling move, like a hip toss or something like yeah. that. I think I think really um, was it a penalty? Okay, if you just look at the last part of that where Tony goes down, you can understand that's a penalty. If you look at the whole thing in its entirety and when and when that kind of started that phase of you know when they linked arms and stuff, if that happened on another another area of the pitch. Mm. I could definitely see that going as a as a, a foul against like mm. a foul for, against Tony yeah. for for doing that. But because of where it is, and because of the way that bit kind of ended, mm. I'm a bit baffled by it really. Mm. Because I think if you're uh, Marcus Snessy, how do you how do you react in that situation? What else can you do? Someone hooks your arm, even even by trying to shake Tony mm. off, Tony was going to get going to yeah. get a penalty for it. So I don't think there was a way out of it. No, I mean I don't think it's a penalty. I think. I think if you're a Brentford fan, you say Ivan Tony's been very clever, mm. uh, very clever. He, he linked arms with Senesi, as, as Tig says, and then waited till he got in the box and yeah. then kind of, you know. But Senesi doesn't do anything if he hasn't had his arm locked by Ivan Tony. Um, and Gary Neal said it, and people have said it we're in an age of VAR, how they don't look at that and go, oh, by the way, Tony fouled him first, so you mm. might want to look at that. I, I honestly don't know. I can't get me around it, but. Yeah, not a fan of the ref. Had another bad game, but um, yeah, not a penalty for me. So another set piece that we've effectively conceded from. Yeah. Well, I suppose um, technically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is I thought that penalties were basically just fouls in the penalty box, but it seems to be that penalties are like an upgraded mm. superior thing, whereby if it turns out that the foul happened beforehand, if it if it carries on into the box, it is a pen. But it was committed by Ivan Tony outside the box. And mm. you could argue for the sake that Senesi carried it on inside the box, but he was just being dragged along. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's a really difficult one. And had Jared Gillett given it the other way, 
uh, I don't think VAR would have overturned it. No it's chance. one of those things that's open to interpretation, isn't it? So Ivan Tony stepped up, put the penalty away, stepped up being the operative word because all he takes is one mm. step. But mm. you know, you know that he's going to score. You could you probably put money on it. Um, but yeah, okay. So half time then. I'm chatting to a few people on the vlog. Some people are actually still optimistic. They got forest vibes about it, but I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I had the same feeling. I felt. I don't know what you think, Tiggs. I I felt that because Brentford weren't brilliant, yeah, um, and they didn't have loads of chances, and it was a penalty, and it's one nil. You you just think if we could just keep the game going as it is, you you never know. It's one nil. We could get put a ball in the box. We got we knew we had like Dembele to come on. We thought we might have Zamora to come on, and we might just be able. To, they might sit a bit deeper and try and hang on for a one nil. And who knows? We could nick a point. I think we're just one nil. You're in the game, aren't you? But would I have? I keep talking about betting at the moment. I don't know why. <laughs> if I if I had to put a bet on it at half time, I I would have said that Brentford will see this out just because of the way it's been at the moment and we're not testing the goalkeeper enough. But we weren't out of the game. I think there was a little bit of a blow when there were Lewis Cook having to come off. It was a, was a blow. Yeah. Um, and that, that would affect us because if you're leading 1-0 and Lewis Cook gets injured, you go, well, that's not too bad because Pearson's more suited to mm-hmm. without the ball. But because we needed we, we needed Lewis in that second half. But um, but a little side note, I actually thought Ben Pearson coming and done his job like he always yeah. does, to be fair. But I don't know what you thought, Tiggs. I can't say I was confident, but I wasn't, you know, it's 1-0. I think the thing is, is that we, we haven't been getting the rub of the green no. anyway, and we've not been playing well. You need one of them to go your way, don't you? And if, if, if we're not going to test the goalkeeper, you need a bit of luck. And it just felt like Brentford got the luck on that penalty, and, and, we're, and we're getting nothing. So I'll be honest, I went into halftime a little bit like, I'm going to come out, I'm going to cheer for the boys, I'm going to give it my best. Yeah. But are we going to be able to get anything out of this? I didn't think that we would. There's been some footage that's been going around on um, Twitter. There's some screen grab from Sky. Since when did they start putting cameras in dressing rooms in the Premier League? Oh, yeah. yeah I never seen was, that um, so there was a bit that, you know, it had about 10 seconds of Brentford with Thomas Frank doing a team talk. All mm. the players sat down listening. Mm. And then it scrolls to Bournemouth where they're like, there's players walking about, there's people doing keepy-uppies, everyone's everywhere. Hard to judge though, isn't it? Because no, yeah. it, it could be a different moment in time they could have sat down 20 seconds later exactly yeah Yeah. I mean they haven't got a timetable no No, exactly you've got to do your team talk at this time we just don't know you know but there's some people looking into that they will do that's what happens when when results aren't going your way you look into everything don't you you you, know you would say that it's a relaxed dressing room if it was the other way around and we won't end up winning if we win that game oh look how relaxed the players are they're not look at the Brentford players all sat there like they're at school so yeah it's (laughs) unfortunately and and Gary and and everyone at the club will, will know they've been in football long enough to know that's what happens when things as Tig said when luck's are going away when performances aren't great results aren't going away you look into everything as a as a negative unfortunately can you recall a time uh, where Bournemouth just looked so uneager to score Tiggs I think even Matt Holland yeah. actually on the world coverage he kept pointing out how we always took the ball into traffic when we pressed forward we just looked really blunt and given the weapons and given the armoury that Kiefer Moore has why are our crosses so bad mm. <laughs> I, I think we. I don't think we play with a lot of width anyway. No. I think we've kind of, even under Parker, we we wanted to kind of keep it quite narrow, and then as you get into the final third, expand. But we we don't get up there enough mm. to really to make that happen. No. Um, we don't look for each other. We don't move around as much as we probably should, and we don't move the ball quick enough. So if you know Jaden Anthony gets in the right position to be able to then cross the ball for mm. for Keith Moore, we're not spotting him quick enough. By the time he gets the ball, we get closed down. And then we end up, he runs into traffic. That's what he does. It's so predictable. It is so predictable. Um, I think I tweeted it that 
what is it, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting, expect, the same results, expecting yeah. different results. It's um, we're set up in a way we 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 all know that, and it's been very uh, even Gary Neal said it recently that we're ending the game better when he's made subs and Dembele in particular has come on and we've oh we showed a bit here you know but but then we start exactly the same again mm. that we weren't doing well at I don't understand the way the way we're setting up is is not set up to to be brave to be expansive to create chances to give key for much um it's to nullify the opposition as best we can and feed off a few scraps keep it a nil nil as long as we can and unfortunately we're conceding silly goals obviously this one was a penalty and then we haven't we haven't had anything to hang on to if we if we could get nick a goal Mm. Kiefer's first half header for example half chance if that goes in are we set up then to maybe see it out potentially who knows but we're not giving ourselves an opportunity because we're, we're starting in games to defend first and that that's just the way it is and it's not instilling any confidence and didn't help yesterday obviously Smithy out as we said Stacey tries to, to get forward but on the other side Lloyd Kelly every time Anthony had the ball Lloyd's because he's not that sort of player mm. is not trying to get beyond and you can almost sense Anthony waiting for an overlap and it's just not happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it felt like um, different game, same stuff, mate. To be honest, as I said earlier, you could have wrote the match report before the game. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sit there, be quite deep. It's gonna be a bit scrappy. They'll nick a silly goal. We'll huff and puff for a little bit, and then they'll kill us off. Mm. And then after the game, we'll say we gave our all. Fine margins. Um, we go on to the next. A different game, same stuff. That's that's a polite way of putting what you usually say. Yeah, might be. Do you know what it reminds me a little bit of? Um, just before Jason Tindall got, got given the heave ho, and you know every game we went to, it just felt like it was the same game just carrying on. Mm. And, and mm. you know it does kind of certainly from Chelsea mm. Palace and Man United actually Chelsea Man United Palace and this it just it's the same game isn't it? It's, yep. We're doing the same thing really. We're showing sort of slight improvements in, in a few different areas mm. but we're not being consistent enough and and all we're doing is playing the same way. We're not changing anything to be able to actually get ourselves a goal and all we want now is a goal honestly. Get me a goal. <laughs> get me a goal this month please anybody. I mean, Shot on target goal decent corner. <laughs> football wasn't great under Tyndall but what was it four matches that we lost in a row mm. yeah. and then he got the boot and that yeah. was in front of no fans. I think the um, me and Tiggs had a brief chat about that I think it's hard to compare because it's different league for yeah. a start and we had the best squad in that league so we should have been top top two yeah. comfortably and we, we were obviously just hanging into the playoffs at that point so yeah different um, yeah different different stage and different kind of goals and, and all that stuff and, and you should be um, you shouldn't be. You should be the team blowing teams away with, with the squad we had. Um, obviously, we had we had Dan Juma and players yeah. like that at that but point. We don't look even competitive against the teams in and around us. Of course, you can write off certain fixtures, like your top six. Um, mm. The Chelsea match, we you know we write off because they're in the top six, but they're awful as well at the moment. Mm. We probably should have got a, a, a result against them, but we we don't even look as though we're up for a fight against the teams in and around us, which is the and real worry. To have the same, what I've seen anyway. To have the same plan against Chelsea, Man United, Palace, yeah. Brentford. To have the same plan is is weird. Is weird. Um, I think when we first came out after the break, obviously we had that Newcastle game, didn't we? And then it was Chelsea. Mm. And the way we set up, I thought, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Newcastle and Chelsea away. Mm. You are going to soak it up a bit. And but to then, and then we went into the Palace game, and it was pretty much the same. And as, as Tiggs, Tiggs alluded to, it feels like exactly the same. Then second half, Anthony and Dembele in particular show a bit, we huff and puff, and you think, oh, it's a little bit better. And then it's just rinse and repeat all the time. And again, yesterday it was Anthony started showing a little bit, and then Dembele come on and showed a little bit. But before that, it's it's the same stuff. And 
as you say, it's just, I don't see playing that way how we're going to score enough and I don't see how we're going to stop the opposition from scoring and put that together. You ain't going to win football matches. So after the game takes, I didn't think there was much in the game. I thought the boys gave everything. We worked really hard and created good moments, but we didn't quite get the rub of the green. The boys were unfortunate with how it went this evening. I don't think there was anything in the game. We created some chances. That was Gary O'Neill. Two. Mm. Two chances, I think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking... Two shots. A Phil Bill shot and a Sariki Dembele shot. And then that header from header loopy. Yeah. I didn't. I think he also said that we need to be better in all areas. Yeah. So you know, which which one is it? <laughs> we know. I I really don't understand where we can go from here. I, to me, um, whatever decision is made next, whatever we do next, I don't. I don't really understand how we're supposed to um, think that things are going to change. That anything's going to change. I think you could go out and you could get the three best footballers in the world at the moment. But if you're not going to change the way that you play, it won't make a difference, will it? And that, that's where I lack a little bit of confidence, if I'm well, honest. Well, plus, well, plus me, Steve, and uh, you aren't available yet to sign anyway, Tom. So. No, no, we're not. No. Um, I, I genuinely, like, going off what Tick said then, if we had Haaland, we wouldn't have won any of these games because we're not giving anything to the striker anyway. So yeah. you saw um, at the weekend, obviously, Haaland didn't score. They lost to Man United because we all know he's a brilliant player, but they didn't give him anything. So if you don't give the player anything, he ain't going to score. So if we had Haaland in all these games, I don't think we win any of them. Okay, so what about Arnaud Danjuma then, who we've been linked with? He's been um, linked with a few clubs, but mm. is he our knight in shining armour? Well, you've, you've got to get bits to the, the, to, for the to make the jigsaw puzzle, if you like. You've got to get bits and hope it all um, pans together. My issue is, I mean, I'd love Danjuma. He's a great player. We've got a player at the moment that's not as good as Dan Juma, but offers similarities in bit braver, run the defenders, doesn't do a lot backwards, but will create moments. And he sat on the bench in Sariki Dembele. So why would he play Dan Juma? Mm. Unless he's fought. Because everyone can see that Dembele's changing the game, but you all know why he's not playing, because he doesn't offer what a Ryan Christie offers you. Yeah. So he's surely going to have the same problem if Dan Juma comes in. I don't know. I mean, Dan Juma's better, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Um, there needs a few, that's the worry, I think it needs a few bits in kind of all areas, really, to make us function. But also, Tavernier was huge. I think people are realising that now, just because he gets you up the pitch. But the thing with Tavernier is you can trust him defensively as well, so he was getting used. Um, but it was just when he was starting to back up the numbers, wasn't it, that he then gets that injury. But yeah, Dan Juma would be great, mate. But I don't think it solves anything. I think if you say we just get Dan Juma, do we stay up? Probably not. Mm. Probably not. If that's the only thing we change, and we're talking about staff, and players, if the only thing we change is we bring in our now Dan Juma, we still go down as good as our now Dan Juma is. I think a lot more has got to change. And yeah, and as you say, and them, them sound bites from Gary Neal, kind of what I expected. Did we give our all? Probably. Um, was there much in the game? No. I agree with all that. We created moment, good moments. If that's good moments, I'm worried. Yeah. If we, you're happy with their moments in every game, we're going down. Yeah. And, and we didn't really... There was no tactical change. No, and that and that's what that's what these, these last string of games have been crying out for, isn't it? Like whatever we're trying, as hard as we're working, it is not getting us anything. Insanity, like Tom said, yeah. exactly. So there needs to be a change. I, I, you know, whatever it is, if you just hit the ball into the channels, go like Sam Allardyce, stick it in the corner. <laughs> Stylistically, know. and it's like you said earlier, if if you haven't got Dom, you can't expect Kiefer to do the same job as Dom. You've got to change something. Yeah. And I mean, Dom gets criticised sometimes because his numbers aren't great. But if you watch him in a game, my opinion, he's working probably harder than anybody else out there because he's trying to create something from nothing. But, but from nothing. <laughs> yeah. So 
I don't know. I, going forward now, it looks like if Dom's out, we've got to play Kiefer Moore. So how do we make the best use of Kiefer Moore? And if we're not thinking about that, then I don't know where else we're going to get a goal from. And I'll say on the Kiefer, he's not actually... Um, I actually think Dom's almost better at holding it up and bringing players into play. Kiefer's good at the flick-ons. Yeah. And if you're going to play up the Kiefer, you get pacing in and around him. You yeah. get pacing in and around him um, and you try and get off them second balls. And in players like Ryan Christie, no disrespect to him because he always works his nuts off. He's not that sort of player and he's, he's not going to get in and around him and go beyond and, and things like that. And equally, like I was saying about with the changes and stuff, it's the same as I said about this, you could have wrote the match report. Yeah. Same with the changes. You're saying, oh, the game will go exactly as it is. It'll bring on Dembele too late, probably for Anthony. We won't change anything else. And then he'll bring Rothwell on five minutes for no reason. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what the subs are going to be. And he, he alluded to the fact that, Gary Neal alluded to the fact that, obviously we had a couple of teenagers on the bench and we're a bit low on numbers. And you could see our subs today. How's Jordan Zamora not got on that pitch? Mm. How has he not got on that pitch? I can't get my head around it. And I'm not saying he would have saved us and we would have got something out of the game, but... He had to come on. Jay Nancy was running into cul-de-sacs at times, but even yeah. even despite that, he managed to get the ball across a few times, mm. which is all credit to him. But sometimes you just needed that extra man. We needed a partner down there. And this is not me having to go at Lloyd Kelly. Lloyd Kelly's not that sort of fullback. <clears throat> um, and I don't mind Lloyd Kelly starting the game at left-back. Don't mind that at all. But you've uh, at some point, you've got to look at the fact that we're getting the ball to Jay Nantley and he mm. needs someone with him. And him and Tamura work so well together, I couldn't get me around it. And the, and the thing is, and, and this is what we've come to realise, certainly since... The World Cup, this team, no matter how hard they work, they've got a mistake in them. Mm. And if we're not going to score goals, we're still going to concede them. I, I just yeah. don't see that changing. And that's that's because, well, I don't know. Is it concentration? Is it you know you try and be brave and you and it goes wrong? I don't know. But we've got mistakes in us. And confidence levels are low, which which never helps. That'll add to that. Um, I've said it recently. Obviously, we didn't. I know technically a penalty, but which with the set piece thing at the moment, I, I always think if you have that run, every set piece is in your head. We yeah. always can see them set piece. We always can see, and I just think at the moment they know that we ain't got many goals in us. Yeah. So defensively, yeah. we're going. We can't afford to. Do, oh yeah. no, what we're going to do? Etc. Um, Etc. Et so yes, yeah, all put together, it doesn't yeah. see you winning many football matches, does it? So yeah, yeah some things need to change. Um, and yeah, confidence levels are on the, on the floor at the moment, and that's where. I just really think we need to just nick a first goal somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, mentioned briefly, that key for more loop and header wasn't really a chance. If that somehow goes in, mm. it lifts everyone and it's something, oh, we've got the rub of the green here. That's gone into the top corner. We're not getting that either. And we just need someone to hit someone's bum and go in. And It's a, it's a mentality thing though, because they came out a lot better in the second half, didn't they? They came out with a lot more fight and enthusiasm. Ultimately, it wasn't good enough, but mm. they showed more and it got us going as a result. So yeah, just imagine what a goal would do. Yeah. Despite the second goal um, that we conceded, Brentford didn't go on to score another. They possibly could have, but mm. then towards the end of the game, Tiggs, you're hearing mm. murmurs, which then turn into... Scores of people singing uh, Sacked in the Morning. Yeah. Gary O'Neill, your football is shit. Yeah. There was there was another one as well. Yeah. That's not great to be hearing, is it? And there were fans turning on each other up there and some yeah, people got- were chatting to you even saying, look, I... You know, I do think that, but I, there's no way I can sing that. And mm. I, you know, we certainly respect that. I don't think that that chant helps anyone, but it does underline the frustration within the fan base. Everyone can see what's going on on that pitch. Mm. We're not, we're not, we're not close to being competitive anymore. We, I think you're right, Sam, in that you said, you know, we had a manager bounce, and I, I do believe it. I think Gary O'Neill's 
lovely guy like mm. it's, and nothing should ever be taken personally but you can't help it from his point of view could you like if you hear that no. like he's probably thinking I'm trying as hard as I can mm. you've someone's given me this job here what do you expect me to do mm. and I don't blame so I don't blame him and no one and no one should and I understand we've got our frustrations definitely and people are entitled to say what they want to say but you're right it's not going to help anything it's not going to change anything the thing I've kind of kind of gleaned from the Foley, um, what we know about him, and we know very little, let's be honest, as, as candid as he is, he, talk, he talks as much as he does. We know that he's his own man and he'll make his own decisions yeah. and we're not going to be influencing that. I, I really don't. The results on the football pitch, the yeah. performances should be influencing it yeah. and he should be making decisions based upon that. But this is my worry. My worry is... He does. What does he know about without without you know no disrespect, men? If you're watching Bill Foley, <laughs> what does he know about football? And who's he got advising him? Mm. Because if he's being advised only by the people he's inherited, mm. then we're we're going to continue, aren't we? We're going to continue as we are. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's and I I think I I said it um at the start in terms of the chance and stuff. I I, I don't like it. I don't want to see it because we're a we're a club that I felt have always been quite together and, and it's, and it's been good. And yeah, I don't, you don't want to get involved in them things. You don't want to hear that. But unfortunately, sometimes as a fan base and particularly that's what I'm going back to when you know that the reception we gave O'Neill helped to go towards him getting the job, fans are going to think, well, I need to do the opposite. So they know that I don't want him in the job then. Yeah. And, and and that's the only way you can really voice it at times. So I, I get that. Let's, let's remember it was a minority. But I, I get why people are, are showing their frustrations in that way because they probably feel like we need to tell them what we think. Um, and that's an away game. And uh, I said it before, I'm, I'm really concerned that if this next game we concede early, for example, at home to Nottingham Forest, it could get quite toxic in there. And none of us want to see that. But unfortunately, we're not the only club that will, will boo and do them sort of chance. Um, and it's little things as well. Let's, I, I saw on Match of the Day and stuff, Everton, I mean, it was absolutely awful in there after yeah, they lost to Southampton. Yeah. Awful, um, which you understand at the moment. And yeah, they're, they're, the, the boos were absolutely deafening. The difference, and it's probably, and I don't, I don't rate Frank Lampard as a manager at all. After the game, he's, it's, you can tell he's been around football for so long. I, I heard him and he's kind of said, yeah, we worked hard, but that's that's the least they should, that's the least they can go. I'm not going to talk about working hard. We've all got to do that. That's our job. I get the fact, and he and he talks in a passionate way, and about he knows it's not good enough for this football club. Gary O'Neill, no respect to him. Parker was quite similar. Mm-hmm. You know what he's going to say. You know yeah. what he's going to say. You know he's going to say lads gave it their all. You know he's going to say fine margins. You know he's going to say decisions don't didn't go with us and. You need something. You need something. And Everton, even at the moment, as bad as they've been, they're more talking about the borders. That they're not even. They're kind of going. Oh, I feel for Lampard a bit because he's saying the right things. Um, and we don't have that at the moment. We lack leaders on the pitch. We lack Premier League kind of leadership and experience. But we also lack it in staff, and we lack it everywhere. Yeah. And that's that's a concern. And and add to that, people like Smithy out. It, it doesn't help. Phil Bill went straight down the tunnel. As I said earlier, Jefferson Lerma was applauding for a while. Fletch came over and was applauding. Um, and I saw a tweet from Chris Temple that I was a bit confused by, whereby he seemed to suggest that there was booing aimed at Lloyd Kelly, which was the reason why he went, uh, why he didn't really applaud, mm. but also Phil Billing as well. So therefore, he went straight down the tunnel. Didn't uh, rewatched my footage, re-listened to the vlog footage. Uh, where I'm recording the audio as well as the video at full mm. time. 
didn't hear that. I actually thought that we were applauding and, and cheering them when we possibly shouldn't have. More than any other fan base would in our position. Honestly, I I get that, and we've we've all spoke about it, I get that you you don't want to see, particularly with Lloyd the other week, you don't want to see that kind of them jeers and, and all that stuff. But equally, there's not many football teams in the Premier League that would play like that, perform like that consistently and have 90% clapping them off at the end so let's get it in perspective a little bit acting like you know Billing for example and Kelly if they're acting like they don't want to come and clap us because we give them a few boos mm. I don't think I don't think that's on to be honest with you I think we I thought we we cheered all game there were a few murmurings from a minority but I stood there and virtually everyone that was around me stood there and clapped them off I don't know what you think because I didn't hear any boos at no, that no, time I didn't I didn't hear boos I mean obviously we heard the chance mm. against Gary O'Neill and some people are going to say that and that happens everywhere I was trying to think, like, when it, when, because it's not great at the moment in some sections, mm. and if it carries on, it's only going to get worse. Like, the only thing I can compare it to is kind of Paul Groves when 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 all that was going on. Really, mm. it's got it's got to that point. It has a little bit. I think the yeah, I think Groves in terms of the atmosphere and stuff. Yeah, uh, footballing wise, I always say Jimmy Quinn was my worst. I, I can stand it. Yeah. The, so it's it's kind of like yeah, a true. mix. So the football is is so dull and a bit yeah. Quinnish, but obviously it's completely different levels. Yeah. But as you say, atmosphere wise, it's the first time I've really felt like it is damning towards the staff and the and the management team as much as the players. A bit like Groves. I think it's because with Groves, obviously we just got a bit of an injection, didn't we? Yeah, we we did, got yeah. Demuge and David. And, and and it felt like from a fan base we could do better in terms of a manager and that's how it feels now. Mm. Um, but yeah, as I say, I didn't hear any booze. I, I heard Super Fletch chant as usual because he always comes over yeah. and thanks the fans. Lerma's chant. Lerma's chant. Lot. And just people clapping and then walking off. But that, I, I didn't I didn't personally hear any, any booze. So if I didn't in the crowd, I'd be surprised if Billin and um, Kelly did. Mm. So the positives from the game, taking off a new stadium. I thought the stadium was actually really, really nice. It's only seventeen and a half thousand room, slight room for expansion by the sounds of it. But wa- walking up to it, couldn't you know? I could hear <laughs> them, but was, I couldn't see we? them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this stadium appears. But they certainly created a good atmosphere before the game. I love the love a bit of the streets. Turn the page. Loved a bit of that. Oh, a bit yeah. of Hey Jude as well. Mm. And you know the light show. But the fans actually were quite quiet and that was testament to how we did maybe control those first parts of the game. So I think possession-wise, we were very good. So there's mm. a positive that you can take from it. But apart from that, mm. not much. You can look at the you can look at the league table and be positive. There's still pub was time. all right. Mm, yeah, the pub was all right beforehand. There's KFC still... was open in fleet. <laughs> yeah. Yes, good timing. So there is still time to turn things around. It just feels like tensions are a little bit fraught at the club at the moment. And you've seen some people on Twitter that are... Work, who work for the club that are liking certain tweets, are saying certain things to almost gloss over what's happening, and also uh, liking tweets that are, are fans that are showing the individual's support. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've got to stay positive. They have to stay positive. And that they are employed by the football club, and I think they Of course. And also, new ownership, they're probably going to be thinking, I don't know if my job's under threat yeah. here. Um, so they've got to show that. And listen, I think everyone would be saying if certain people and people employed by the club were as negative as, as fans and had that sort of opinion, everyone go bloody hell, even the people employed by the club are disappointed. They've yeah. got to come out and try and get everyone together, etc. So, it, yeah, that doesn't send me too much. I think that is is what it is, to be honest with you. I just My, my worry, I don't know what you think, Tiggs. My worry is I don't think we need hmm. a six-pointer 
at home to a rejuvenated Nottingham Forest side of the week. I don't, we don't need that Not right because now. that could get bad. That could get bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who we could play that I'd fancy us, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's such a big game, and we're not in a place to have a big game, whereas Forest probably are. Um, I mean, they just had one, didn't they, and beat Leicester. So, yeah, that, that that concerns me. That does concern me. And then soon after that, I think we got Brighton, but soon after that, we're going to get our Lord and Saviour Eddie Howe back to maybe teach us a football lesson, and that's probably not going to be too pretty either. So, yeah, it's worrying, but... Can that only go up? Maybe. It can't. But it, it maybe. No, it can, get, it can get worse. It can get worse. We can go down. <laughs> can get worse. Um, oh, I'm, I'm trying. We're going to go through some of your tweets because we asked for mm. some feedback yeah, lovely. as to, you know, and some questions for us, really, just with regards to the current situation. SW6 says, is relegation really the end of the world? Strengthen now and then again in the summer and go again. There's nothing wrong with being a yo-yo. Would be interested to know, though, whether... Your new owner is aware of the consequences of relegation. Yeah, he has to pay twenty million pounds less for our football club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think you've um, look at Burnley at the moment. Just gone down. Um, Vincent Company's come in. New ideas. Um, new kind of style of play. We we obviously saw it ourselves recently in the cup game. They certainly would look back and go relegation one bad. Yeah. Um, but there's other teams that. Your Stokes, your Swansea's that will say relegation was the worst thing ever. So yeah, I don't know if many uh, clubs have got relegated with a with a billionaire owner and had problems coming back up. So I do think yeah, we are. I think we're probably the strongest position financially as a football club that we've ever been in. Mm. So we should bounce back up. Um, It'd probably just halt progress a little bit as well, wouldn't it? It'd stop us being able to do certain things and certain players. Yeah, if we were to get it, put us back. Um, we can't, we can't sell that as the thing, can we? No. We can't sell that. As the football club, we've got to say yes. to whoever we're trying to get in, we're always going to stay up this season. And Bill Foley can't come out and go, it doesn't matter if we get relegated. No. You know, so no one's going to want to come play for us then. No, no. It's, but I agree. If you're going to say, is it the end of the world? Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. But you just get new owners in. Um, you've got a decent squad. You've got, you know, things are looking up. You don't want them to get relegated. You're expecting to hopefully climb the ladder. So, um, yeah, not the end of the world, but not ideal. Cherry Aid says, hi team, I would like you to look at how as a management team and and as a group of players they react yeah so how do they react to a change in the opposition's formation in game so they're they're, they're asking you to uh, to you know out o'neill o'neill so can you actually do better than him he's trying to basically work out mm. how how we react when you know brentford make a tactical change can you work that out because i certainly can't as a fan i must admit i don't take too much notice of that i can't I think you said it briefly earlier, Tiggs. I don't. Um, there doesn't seem to be much of a change. I think there's certain players that I think help in games. So I think Smith is one, and I think Tavernier is another. And obviously they're unavailable at the moment. But Smith, for example, if he's starting at fullback, mm-hmm. it's quite easy in game to to move him into a back three, mm-hmm. bomb say a Jay Z on, and kind of yeah. manoeuvre the system a little bit. I thought we might yesterday when you see Lloyd Kelly at left back. So you think, well, actually, if Stacey bombs on, he can come in, and we, and we look like we went to a three at times in game. We did like we started with a three in the lineup, didn't we? And yeah. then suddenly we changed. It's all about being in possession, out possession. Well, a, little bit, a little bit. I think not consistent though. No, but there's no. Um, what's the way I've said it? There's no definitive kind of you could see what we're doing. It's no. kind of sometimes oh, it looks like they change a little bit mm. and. I thought, I don't know if it's a tactical thing or himself, but I felt that like Jefferson Lerma, for example, was fine. I think he had our best pass completion because he just got the ball and gave it. But I thought, that ain't the Lerma of like, the, no. like and is that an instruction mm. of him? Don't go out your zone, stay in there. Uh, 
it's hard to judge, isn't it? But yeah, in-game at the moment, because it's very difficult to say because the games have been so copycat that we all we do is kind of huff and puff a little bit more. Mm. Maybe things would change if, say, for example, we went a goal up. Exactly. Yeah? And then you might see a change in system. You, and, and you might see a reaction then going forward. But I think the problem is, because whatever we've been working on all week yeah. is not giving us the results, you've got two choices. You either change it or you go, I've been working on this all week, guys. Come on, mm. let's keep trying. Mm. And I think that's what he does. I, th- I really do. Mm. Um, but also, let's be honest, uh, we have spoken about this before as well. Gary O'Neill's been given the job. He hasn't experienced this before. He hasn't been a man- manager of a Premier League club. Certainly not one that's trying to fight relegation as well. Yeah. Help him. Yeah. Why, why, why is he being left? No assistant and manager. With, yeah, with no disrespect to, to Elphick, absolute legend. Coops, absolute legend. Why are we not bringing in people who have been in this situation mm. before yeah. to support those guys? Yeah, 100%. I don't get it. Abby Markham, we'll keep this one, these two relatively quick from her um, because there's a lot to get through. I didn't realise we had such good feedback <laughs> on this tweet. Why are we so scared to start Dembele? Not a clue. No. Uh, only thing I could think of is it, the 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 way he is as a manager potentially, and Parker might have been similar, um, but he was when he didn't play Dembele an awful lot. Um, is Ryan Christie is a prime example? Gives you more going backwards. Mm. We're a bit concerned that Dembele will leave us exposed it, in transitions. Is he a bit too unpredictable? Therefore, he mm. doesn't quite tessellate with the team formation and the team talk that Gary O'Neill would have from the start of the game. You obviously He's, need to be rigid, which yeah. may be. He's underlines not, your point about him being pessimistic from the off. Yeah, he's he's not safe. He's not a safe option. He's an off-the-cuff player. Um, it reminds me of, I actually think Dembele's better, but people like Mousset come to mind. Them mm. sort of players that you feel like, well, the defenders don't know what he's going to do because I don't even think he does. And he no. just kind of plays off the cuff all the yeah. time. And if you're a manager and you're implementing a style, maybe you don't want that sort of player because you, you want everyone to know their instructions and do their role mm. to a T. And maybe Dembele is a little bit too... We'll just kind of do whatever and it might get us caught. I, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I honestly would be... He's got to start against Fox. I can't see how he can't start him now. He's changed the game again. Um, we just look like we actually might have a shot when he comes on the pitch. So yeah, I, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> T- Tiggs from James Botham. Should Gary O'Neill resign now or get sacked after Forrest? He's not giving you many options in terms of Gary not, staying on. He's not. Um, Do managers tend to resign? No. Is that a thing? No. Unless, I would love to say that there will be a position for Gary O'Neill at this, because we talked about this when he's an interim management way. Mm-hmm. It's a position for he's not going to want uh, to, to then drop down to another no. position. So I don't think the guy would, would throw the hat in. Um, I just think he just he would just carry on, wouldn't he? he has would he long, has on. he lasted longer than you thought he would? That's that's Abby again. What since he got permanently? Yeah. No. Uh, I I think I said to you actually, Sam. I always felt like with this little run, it's all going to be on Forest because that's such a six pointer. If he loses to Forest at home, I can't see how he survives. Yeah. But I didn't think that a defeat, whether I want it or not, is another story. I did not think that a defeat to Brentford would cost him his job, and I still don't. No. What about? Well, and I've mentioned this before. What about if there was no World Cup and we just carried on? So our next game would have been against Chelsea after the last game, yep. which yep. was Everton. Uh, we played Chelsea the week after whatever. And then we had those fixtures then and they panned out like they did. Um, do you, firstly, do you think you'd have been given the permanent manager's role or do you think they would have kept him on as interim had there been no World Cup? Yeah, I think if there was no World Cup, he, he would have 
kept on as interim, he wouldn't have got the job. Okay, so if results had panned out the way they have back then, mm. do you think it'd be gone already? Uh, yes, and mm. mainly that's because of the January mm. window as well. Mm. I think the owners would have come in, it got closer and closer, and they'd have thought, maybe I need a new manager to give players yeah. to. Um, I thought the break might, we all did, didn't we, work yeah. perfectly, that he's done a good job, we said thank you and goodbye, and we've got a lot of time now to get a new manager in. This is very new, this World Cup. Unfortunately, at the moment, it we didn't do that and we decided to skim the job and give them a lot of time to work with the players and instill things. We only lost two players for a group stage in, in Wales, mm. in Methem and Moore. So we had more than any team in the Premier League to still have the group there for a large parts and work with what he wanted to. So maybe they thought that would, would help him. But yeah, I think if they want no World Cup break and you put all these results together, I think he's probably gone. Mm. And I think we've all said that if that Everton week yeah. was two weeks earlier and we'd had some of the other results after, he probably wouldn't have got it. No. I, I also find the whole kind of like, what's his role? Thing. I know, you know, he's our head coach, isn't he? That's mm. what we're supposed to call him. But there was a bit when they were at Christmas time mm. and he was interviewed and it was like, have we got um, have the players coming in for training on Christmas Day? And he was like, oh, I don't know yet. Mm. It's like three days away. Uh, yeah. It's like, who's who else is calling the shots there? Is Richard Hughes giving him a training schedule yeah. and he's just carrying it out? Uh, there's a lot of um, oddities about it mm. that make me think like, is he a convenient option? Does he does he follow instructions well, or is he really leading that team? I don't know. And I think the worry is you end up going um, back in hindsight, don't you? And going have all the appointments since Eddie Howe been convenient? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's how it feels. We're going to rattle on through these questions, Tom. I'm going to give you my um, phone here. Right, mm-hmm. Aging Ter- Cherry asks: uh, We need seven wins, ideally, to stay up. Where are the seven wins coming from? Go through those fixtures, mate. You tell me where they're coming from. But the only fixture remaining in January is Forest. I presume that could be one of them? No. No. Okay. Because it's the next game and the way we're playing and okay. the way they're playing, I don't see how we win that football match. Okay. Unless they get a player sent off or something like that. Yeah. Um, obviously any game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can obviously... Brighton away, no chance. Newcastle, no chance. Wolves away, point. Mm-hmm. City, no chance. Arsenal, no chance. Liverpool, no chance. Villa away, no chance. This is if we're staying, what we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. lots could change, players and staff or whatever. Fulham home, never know. They might be on the beach. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they won't yeah. have anything to play for. You've got to think of these oh things, goodness, I guess. they're doing really well, aren't they? Yeah. Leicester away, mm. might nick something. We always do all right. Then, Tottenham away, no chance. West Ham at home is the first one I think we can win that. Mm. But that's, will they be in the same position and the same manager? Yeah. Maybe not. Southampton away, we love it though. The last time we got relegated, we won there, so maybe. Yeah. But don't don't see us winning away there because of the history there. Leeds at home mm. is an that West Ham Southampton Leeds in a row. That's mm. our bit, isn't it? Um, going to May, Chelsea no chance. Oh no, we got a good record against Chelsea. Mm. Mm. No, I don't think so. Palace away, don't see it. Man United no chance. Everton away, mm. see what's happening on that day. But it doesn't it doesn't look pretty. But that's because of the position we're in. Mm. We go to Forest and Brighton, get four points, play really good football, sign Dan Juma, he scores a brace and. Mm you know, whatever, that could all change. It's very game to game. But right this moment, sat here, I, I, I find it very difficult to make a case for us winning many games. I can't I can't see us at the moment beating anyone. I'd take a draw against anyone right now just mm. to get us back on the right track, just to give us a bit of confidence because mm. it, we, just look, we just look lost. I'll tell you what's weird is uh, points-wise, we need a win, but I wouldn't take nil-nil against Forest because I don't think that does anything for the group. But I'd take 2-2. 
Yeah. And I know that sounds weird, but it's yeah, showing no, that, okay, no. we've had a bit of a go there. Maybe we've been caught defensively, whatever. But at least we're, you know, trying to yeah. give something the other end. Um, yeah, mm. weird. We've had so many. We might have to go into another show about this. Um, we've we've answered Tom's question of uh, how long does Bill stick with O'Neill there and thereabouts? How, how do we attract quality at the moment, though? Um, Money. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, That's it. honestly. Bang get your on. checkbook out and just, just pay over the odds. Uh, we quickly go, Short a bit like the Dan Juma one, we quickly go loan with a potential to, to buy because then the player knows he's getting paid by doesn't matter who he's getting paid by yeah. he's getting paid he could be the best ambassador for people signing for um for Bournemouth by getting Dan Juma he's the one that mm. players are signing for yeah he's like the Ake or, yeah. the, or the Jack Wilshire isn't he or whatever and uh, c- come here you're gonna get paid the same amount because you're on loan for example come here you could be a hero that helps save Bournemouth and then we've got money to start progressing and if it doesn't work and you go down you can go back to your parent club that, yeah. that's 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 what we've got to sell to people mm. we can't sell to them you know we're playing great stuff at the moment mm. another thing uh, you know do, does the manager have the pull I've, I always argue this with the fact that Callum Wilson signed for Steve Bruce albeit it is for Newcastle which is an absolutely huge club um, Ashley asks should supporters boo slash chant against O'Neill it's not for me but I would equally say it's up to them they uh, know it sounds very cliche but they pay their money and do what they want yeah you, you can you can, do, you can go to a I've, I've never heard it but you can go in a cinema because you paid for it and start booing the film you might get yeah. chucked out people might not like you but there's no do you know what I mean there's certain things you can once you pay the money you kind of can do what you want until a certain point and in football can you boo of course you can mm, yeah I, I don't personally like no, it. No, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. In my opinion, it doesn't achieve anything unless you're trying to send a message to someone. But I just don't think anyone's listening to us in that respect. I just don't. Do you think this is Russ? Do you think that Foley needs to overdo the whole club from top to bottom? Has our recruitment team bought in the right players for the future, or just quick fixes? Are some players seemingly undroppable given they play badly or are ineffectual in games? Mm. I do think. There needs to be some sort of change going forward. Um, I look at, we can't do the same as obviously massive football clubs, but I look at teams like Brighton and Brentford, for example, who you might argue are, are slightly bigger than us, but there, there's, you know, there's, we've, we've had a similarish journey. Mm. They seem to find players that I've never heard of and they're just, and they quadruple in yeah, value yeah. overnight. And they're just, I mean, you could just, a list, and this is staff and players, we don't seem to find anyone. We found, we found Dan Juma and Lerma, who were both successful, by the way. Mm. We don't find anyone. We maybe get a few players from the championship, which is cool. We might get some players that, um, you know, your Fredericks and players like that, that are maybe coming to an end. So, you know, they get a chance to play some minutes. We don't find anyone. So what, What's the are the recruitment? Is the recruitment as a whole? I don't know enough about it. This is just me, you know, kind of voicing what I what I think from an outside point of view. Is has it evolved with the football club yeah. and the players we can potentially get financially? I don't think it has because we don't find anyone. If we sign players, it's either going to be an ex player, Dan Juma, or it'll probably be Championship players or from Lorient. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't going to find someone from a, a Dutch side that no one's ever heard of, and he turned out to be brilliant. We, we Whereas Brighton and Brentford will. Yeah, we haven't got that network, it doesn't seem. And, and also, it was a really interesting thing in the week in that uh, Gary O'Neill actually did a little interview and he talked about a, like trying to attract youth players. Mm. And he said, you know, when you've got Bournemouth's recruitment circle, radius is really, really poor mm. because you've got the sea and you've got the forest. Ain't nobody living in the sea, ain't nobody living in the forest. <laughs> yeah. So, And he said that, Gary O'Neill came out and said mm. that. So, 
you know, when you're thinking about, you know, Mr. Foley, he wants to pump his money into this great player development centre, mm. bring these young players through. And then you've got your current head coach saying, well, you know what, it's really tricky with C and Forrest around you. It's all a bit weird, isn't it? It's all a bit mm-hmm. weird. Uh, but I think you're right, Tom. I think, you know, we, we need to be recruiting players from other places around the world um, and, and, and doing it that way. Thing is, we've got to get them cheap and sell them on big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. We've also had one in from Tasha as well. And she asked about the understanding that Bill Foley may or may not have in terms of comparing it to the MLS, say. How do American owners understand our football compared to owning franchise-led MSL soccer league clubs? If you look at Chelsea with American ownership, it's gone to pot. It's gone downhill and can't see it changing. Do they understand the league, the gameplay, or is it just financial rewards for them? Um bit of both yeah I, I think it is financial rewards definitely that, that, that's why you get involved in the premier league now that seems to be the way and he, he pretty much has said that and mm. he like you can make some big bucks here and then sell it on um i do think they know better than we think they do now i yeah. think that you know, they're more they're exposed to it involved in sport as well haven't they they are involved in sport but i don't think you're never going to get a billionaire owner that, that knows you know everything about football no. it's about them them recruiting the people to help them and that might be something that you can't just do with click of fingers and maybe Bill will be looking into bits and bobs in it that might branch out I think going forward because you just need to get the people around you that that know football don't you that's, that's what you do um, people you can trust and, and all that stuff so that will come but I don't expect an owner to come in and know everything about football they're there for financial reasons mm. I think he's well, almost bought us at the wrong time in a weird way because what, in terms of our trajectory and yeah and I think he's also he's looking at the business side of things he's trying to get that all up and running he's bringing in his own guy over from over the pond he's you want to be mid table at that point you want to coasting be quite, yeah. yeah I tell you what like Maxim sold at the right time didn't he he really did yeah he really did and, <laughs> and this is the thing like Maxim knew that he was never going to sell this football club unless we got to the Premier League yeah. so he took more risks in a weird way in, in mm. those two years in terms of changing manager changing manager changing manager yeah than we've ever done, well, for ages, really. I mean, we had Eddie, so it's, it's probably not a fair thing to say. But he was arguably more cutthroat. Yeah, I would agree. I would yeah. agree. And and I felt like the decisions were being made by him and not being made by the chief executive and uh, whatever Richard yeah. Hughes' title is. Yeah. That's yeah. what I felt like. I might, we don't know, though, uh, do we? Yeah. Are those positions under the spotlight for you, under the chairman? Oh, completely. Yeah. Because Foley said, look, I... I've employed these guys. Well, you haven't. You inherited them. But they they know their job and I trust them. So if things go wrong, then you've got to have all three of them in front of you. You can't you can't honestly say that this is all down to Gary O'Neill. You can't honestly say this would be all down to Richard Hughes. And you can't honestly say this would all be down to Neil Blake. So if you're going to you're gonna lose one of them, you've got to work out, well, who's the most culpable? And, I, and we can't answer that question. No. And I think any, any new owner of a football club should look at... Should, all them jobs should be under threat because they should be having to prove themselves. But I think um, the simple fact is whether their job is that recruitment team, that chief exec, it's play recruitment of players, recruitment of staff, yeah. recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. We had an absolute, as we all know, God and Eddie Howe, look at him now. He's doing all right without them guys in the at Newcastle. Um, yes. Since he's gone, I've said it before, we employed an assistant manager. We employed a failed manager. Mm. We employed a relegated manager and we employed never been a manager manager so <laughs> that's very good it doesn't in black and white when you put it like that it doesn't look great but as as Tig said we don't know everything we don't know all the ins and outs but everyone's job should be under threat because you've got no ownership that's how it should work mm. yeah 
enjoyed that. Well, I, you know what? <laughs> this is, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you feel better for that, Tom. This has been our first brand new second look for 2023 in our brand new basement studios in Bournemouth. So, look, if you want to get involved in a show, let us know. Email fans at afcbpodcast.com because... Going forward, we're going to be filming every Monday afternoon. Hopefully that suits you. If it does, happy days. We, we've got room for one every single show. It's always good to have different takes. But I think Tix, Tom, has, has been good, hasn't it? Enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it. Let us know what you think of how it, how it looks and stuff. You might do bits and bobs in there as well. Help out. But I, yeah, I, I like it, mate. It's nice. And uh, never know, we might go back. You remember when we got that new studio and then everything picked up on the porch? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Maybe. That. Tom, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, mate. Tix. Thank you, as ever. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you next week. Oh, chess. Oh, chess. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! The roof of the gold sands is Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.